there. Welcome to RCC at Home. My name's Natasha. If you're newer here and checking us out, make sure you hit that subscribe button and the little bell to be notified when new videos are released here. This weekend, we're continuing our series, Gravity, where we're exploring Jesus's journey to the cross, and it's all leading up to Easter. Speaking about Easter, we are so excited to be in person this year to celebrate together. We're going to have three services at our downtown location, 8.30, 9.45, and 11 o'clock. There will be socially distanced seating available and RCC kids available for your kiddos birth through pre-K. We cannot wait to celebrate with you. If you'd like to register for an Easter service, you can check out the link below. Right now, we're going to jump right into our service. See you later. Welcome to RCC at Home. If, if we haven't met yet, my name is Danny, and, and I'm one of the pastors here, and I am just so glad that you have decided to join us this morning. Today is our third week in our Gravity series, and the whole idea behind this series is to, to make sure that we truly experience the, the gravity, the, the, the weight, the, the seriousness, the intensity of the Easter series that, that all leads up to the greatest act of love this world has ever seen. Each year, Easter rolls around and, and we celebrate the miraculous resurrection of Jesus and, and all that comes with it. And, and we tend to celebrate Easter with like the freshness of spring and, and the days are getting longer so there's more sunlight and, and spring, right? It, it cleanses the, the winter dirt and grime and there's this, this hope of new life, and, and animals are having babies, right? Now, that might be a, be a little bit weird for you, but by the time you're watching this, my wife is, is having our first baby, and so you know that I had to say something about that, right? But, but really, like spring comes, and, and we're planting gardens, and, and we celebrate Easter with this grand positivity, and rightfully so, Right? Like Easter, the resurrection of Jesus, it's the hinge in which our faith lies. It's the anchor of our hope that through faith in Jesus and his resurrection, we will one day follow suit and, and resurrect with Jesus eternally. But much like the winter season that leads up to spring, there's a dark season. That, that leads up to the celebration of Easter. And I wonder, I wonder how many of us actually take the time leading up to Easter to, to really understand and, and get to know what Jesus experienced on, on his way to the cross. I, I wonder when the last time was that you experienced the weight, the, the gravity, the intensity of Jesus' journey to the cross. That's, that's what this series is designed to help us do because when we experience the gravity 
of what Jesus went through on, on his way to the cross, we, we better understand the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. So, we kicked off this series with two amazing sermons from, from Pastor Mike and Pastor Sam. And, and if you missed those, be, be sure to check them out. Pastor Mike, he, he talked about the Last Supper and the Passover meal that, that Jesus shared with his disciples and, and why it was so significant. And then last week, Pastor Sam talked about Jesus' prayers in the garden and the, the sweat-like blood that dripped from Jesus' forehead. And, and I don't know how much time you spend reading your Bibles or, or if you've ever read any of the Gospels, the, the, the four books that tell of Jesus' life here on earth, but, but if you have, you might know that these events that, that we've been talking about, they happen in chronological order, right? Jesus, he, he, he celebrates the Passover meal with his disciples. Then afterwards, he, he goes out to the Mount of Olives to pray. And, and it's at the Mount of Olives in, in the Garden of Gethsemane that Jesus is ambushed by a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs and, of course, Judas. And so today, it's here that we are going to pick up in the timeline of Jesus' journey to the greatest act of love ever. And, and we're going to take a look at, at two things. Two things a fisherman turned fisher of men does. Two things that Jesus' right-hand man does in the matter of just a few short hours. And so, if you want to follow along with me, you can open your Bible to Matthew chapter 26, and, and we're going to be jumping around a little bit around the later parts of Matthew chapter 6, so you can open up there and, and hang tight, because if you've never read Jesus' journey to the cross in its entirety from start to finish, I highly encourage you to do that before Easter. You can choose any of the Gospels, any of the four books that tell of Jesus' life, or all four would be a great idea. The thing is, the four Gospels tell the same story with some more details. And, and if you're interested in that, we'll throw the particulars up on the screen and you can write them down to go check out later. Because today, today we are looking at, at the arrest of Jesus. The events immediately after, and in particular, the actions of, of one individual. That, that one individual that I mentioned, that fisherman turned fisher of men. But before we do, I have a question for you. How many of you know someone, or, or, or maybe you are this type of person, like the, the type of person who is like all or nothing, right? Like the type of person who, who when they're super passionate about something, they're either all in or they're all out. The type of person who is like, I'm going to do this with everything that I got or I'm not going to do it at all. Someone who, who when they love something, when, when they believe in something, when they care about something, they do it with all their energy and focus or, or not at all, right? There's, there, there's no halfway with these people. There's no half trying for them, is there? I, I, I grew up with this mentality ingrained in me. I grew up with the mentality of... If you're going to do something, you're going to do it with everything you got or there's no point in doing it. And honestly, 
I'm super grateful for, for having that mentality ingrained in me. So thank you to my mom and dads who, who ingrained that mentality in me. But this is also a biblical concept too. Paul, Paul talks about this in, in Colossians 3.23 when he says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as if working for the Lord and not for man. And, and it's this type of person that our fisherman turned fisher of men was. It's this type of person that, that Peter was. He is our fisherman turned fisher of men. And, and he was the, the wear your heart on your sleeve all or nothing type of guy. And, and you may be wondering, like, what is the point of all this? Well, it's important to know that. It's important to know that that's how Peter felt and saw as we read today's segment of Jesus' journey to the cross because this was walk on water, Peter. This was Jesus is the Messiah, Peter. The, the Peter who saw Jesus transform into the purest light imaginable. The Peter who sees Moses and Elijah suddenly appear to talk with Jesus. And, and knowing this makes the two events that happen in today's segments, the, the two events that happen with just in a matter of, of hours, so significant. So... I've been stringing you along, so without further ado, if you have your Bibles, open with me to Matthew chapter 6 and follow along with me, starting at verse 47. And even as Jesus said this, Judas, one of the disciples, arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. They had been sent by the leading priests and elders of the people. The traitor Judas had given them a prearranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. So Judas came straight to Jesus. Greetings, Rabbi, he exclaimed and gave him the kiss. Jesus said, my friend, go ahead and do what you have come for. Then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. But one of the men with Jesus pulled out his sword and struck the high priest's slave, slashing off his ear. So, so, so Jesus is arrested, and, and who do you think pulls out his sword and cuts off the slave's ear? Peter, right? The all-or-nothing guy, right? Exactly who do you expect? Now, I realize that what we just read in Matthew doesn't tell us who it is, but, but the Gospel of John does. John names names, and he tells us that it was Peter who drew his sword. And, and that's kind of the cool thing about, about reading each of the Gospels is, is you get a fuller picture of what happened. But, but, but knowing what we know about Peter... This, this act of passion and love to project, protect Jesus is, is exactly what you would expect, right? Like, like Peter, just 20 verses before, vowed to die for Jesus, saying in, in verse 34, he, he says, Even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. So, so when Peter draws a sword and cuts off a man's ear, this is, this is the appropriate reaction you might expect from, from someone who vows to die with you, right? Peter draws his sword. He's, he's ready to fight right there. He's ready to die right there. 
Now, of course, in, in typical Jesus fashion, he, he doesn't approve of this violence. And, and if we were to read on together, Jesus even heals the ear of the guy, even though Jesus knows that they are literally there to arrest him so that they can have him killed. And so after Jesus heals the guy's ears, that's exactly what they do. They arrest him and, and they take him off to the high priest's home to question him. And, and it's at this point, all the disciples split. Verse 56 there says, At that point, all the disciples deserted him and fled. Even all or nothing, Peter. But then, Peter does something different than the rest. See, Peter flees just like the rest of them, but then he decides to secretly follow at a distance. See, see, Peter, he, he wanted to see how it was all going to shake out, right? You maybe would too. You'd be curious, like, what's going to happen here? And so, while the lead priest and high counselor are, are questioning Jesus, Peter is watching from a distance. And, and what happens next is pretty shocking. So, follow along with me. We're going to jump to verse 69, Matthew chapter 6, verse 69, and it says, Meanwhile, Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. A servant girl came over and said to him, You were one of those with Jesus, the Galilean. But Peter denied it in front of everyone. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Later, out by the gate, another servant girl noticed him and said to those standing around, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. Again, Peter denied it, this time with an oath. I don't even know the man, he said. A little later, some of the other bystanders came over to Peter and said, You must be one of them. We can tell by your Galilean accent. Peter swore, A curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know the man. And immediately, the rooster crowed. Suddenly, Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times that you even know me. And he went away, weeping bitterly. Now, we can stand here in shock and think to ourselves, how, how could Peter do this? How could Peter, in a matter of hours, go from, I'll die with you, Jesus, to... I don't even know the man. But before we judge Peter, aren't we just like him? We, we, we show up on a Sunday morning to worship and it feels good and, and we pledge our allegiance to Jesus. Then we walk out those doors and we fail to help someone in need. We, we, we walk out those doors and, and we start to gossip about others or, or spread rumors about people that aren't true. See, in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus says that, that whatever you do for the least of these, you do to me. See, if you read that passage in its entirety, Jesus is saying, and, and whatever you do, you're doing it to him. The, the good that you do to or for others, you are doing to and for Jesus, the, the, the bad that, or even the lack of doing that you do to and for others is what you're doing to and for him. Now that may seem a little gloomy, but the thing is there's hope. 
There's always hope with Jesus, right? See, see when, Pe- when, we, when, we look, when Peter, when we look at Peter's story, Peter realized what he had done, right? Like at the end there, it says he wept bitterly. Peter realized what he had done and he had remorse. And it's this remorse that reveals his heart. It's, it's his remorse that leads him to change. His remorse is his acknowledgement of wrongdoing. And, and we can't make changes in our life if we don't recognize what we've done wrong in the first place, right? So if we follow Peter into the book of Acts, we see that his remorse leads to him speaking out boldly in the name of Jesus. So much so that thousands of people come to know Jesus through him. And that is the true beauty of the Easter season. That's the true beauty of this story. That in our remorse, in our acknowledgement of wrongdoing, in our repentance, Jesus offers us forgiveness through his death on the cross. And when we accept that, when we turn to Jesus with our acknowledgement of wrongdoing, he forgives us. And then, and then he turns it into glory. He takes our mistakes and turns us into a vessel of change, a a life-changing vessel where in everything we do, we reflect Jesus. And so, I'm going to wrap it up now. I know I've been talking for, for quite a bit. And, and to close, I'm going to pray. I'm going to close with a prayer that, that we be like Peter. That Jesus help us to realize when and how we are denying him. And that when we, when we do, our remorse moves to repentance. And that the forgiveness, forgiveness that comes from Jesus in our repentance moves us to change. That through us, people come to know Jesus. So, if you want that, pray along with me. Heavenly Father, King Jesus, thank you so much for this day. Lord, I just pray that that as we move about our day today, that we recognize the areas in our life that we are denying him, that we are denying our creator, our savior, our Messiah, Lord. And I just pray that in our recognition of wrongdoing, our hearts be moved to remorse and repentance, that we seek Jesus for this forgiveness, and that through us, Seeking Jesus, he changes us from the inside out to a vessel of change for others that in everything we do, we reflect Jesus. Not for our own glory, but for yours, Lord, that through our lives, people come to know you. So we love you, Lord, and we pray this in your son, Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, RCC family, there's this word we like to use when we're in a church or when we're watching a service. That word is is worship. And we're not always on exactly the same page for what that word means. If you look up worship in the dictionary, you'll see words like adore or revere or honor. 
We can worship lots of things in lots of ways, and if you want to know what you worship, it's actually pretty easy. You can look at your calendar, or you can look at your pocketbook, or I guess now your checking account or credit card statement, any of those things will tell you what you worship. This is actually one of the reasons that we gather for a worship service. It's an hour of our lives each week that we give to God, or 30 minutes for an online service. When you worship God with your money, it's an act of telling God that we trust Him and, and place Him in the most important position in our lives. As you worship here at RCC with your time and with your attention and your voice, we encourage you to also worship by trusting God with your finances by giving. You can give by simply going to rccsunday.com and, and clicking on the give, giving button and it walks you through all the steps. It's so good to be worth worshiping with you today. Happy Sunday or whatever day you're tuning in for this.